0: Once again, greetings in that infallible name, that majestic name, that global name, the name that cross borders. It is global and international, the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not the God of religion, is the universal redeemer. He is the universal savior. He is the universal protector. He is the salvation of the soul of man. He came, not to condemn, but He came to redeem. Today for my personal meditation, I want to share with you a thought. My personal meditation, my theme, the soul more than silver. The soul of man is more than the silver that we possess. Point one Christ came to redeem the soul of every man by coming into the world, show us how to love. He came to show us how to love and to die in a place. Christ came to redeem the soul of every man. Point two, the soul of man is more valuable than all silver in the world. Mark chapter 8 verse 33, I want to paraphrase. I paraphrase the words of Jesus. What does it profit a man to gain all the silver in the world, yet he forwards his soul? Jesus Christ did not come to condemn, he came to redeem. He did not come to reject, he came to receive. He, we are not no longer outcasts, but we are the incast, because Jesus Christ paid in total the sins of man. When Jesus says, it is finished, it represents the completion of the work of Operation Grace. My motivation for preaching and teaching is this. Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is, listen to this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Alive, Exodus 3 verse 14. It is powerful, Exodus 6 verse 3. Point three, it is sharper than any double edged sword. Now, this is the word again, the word of God is alive and and powerful. Listen to the potential. Listen to the power and the, the 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 double-edged sword of God. It has the potential. It has the power. As per Ephesians six verse seven, point A. It has the power to penetrate Isaiah eleven verse twelve, Revelation three. Verse 1, Revelation 4 verse 5, it has the potential, it has the power to divide. Hebrews 4 verse 13, it penetrates, it divides three categories of the soul. One, it has the power to penetrate and to divide the soul. Job 12 verse 16, it has the power to divide, to split open the spirit. First Corinthians 2 verse 14, the third category, God the Holy Spirit, the Word of God is a double-edged sword. It has the power to penetrate and to divide the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. First John three twenty, Daniel chapter two verse twenty two. Point C. Not only does the Word of God is a double-edged sword, the power to penetrate, the power to divide the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. But fourthly, it has the power to judge your thoughts and that of mine. Psalm 139, Job 4, 42, verse 2, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, and lastly, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It, It penetrates, it divides the soul, the spirit, the joints and the marrow. Fourthly, it has the power to judge the thoughts, so if there are eight Point seven billion people on the face of the earth, then God knows every mind individually of the 8.7 billion people. So God judges the thoughts, meaning God know your thoughts and God knows mine. Point five, and God not only penetrates and divides the soul, the spirit, the joints and the marrow, not only does it judge your thoughts and mine, but it knows that Attitude, he knows the motivation, the inclination of our soul. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. Now, majestically to this text, Hebrew 4, verse 12, for the word of God is we find complementary to this text, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Listen to this. Point one: all scripture is 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. All scripture represents the inclusivity of the Old Testament and the New. The New and the Old. It is one comprehensive, the mind of God on display, the mind of God reveal. It represents the unchanging mind of God towards the soul of every man. So all scripture is a God-breath. And this means it has the signature of God, the Holy Spirit. It has been approved in the mind and in the character of Christ. Genesis 1, 1 and 3. Listen to the audacity of the scriptures. By the spoken word of God, the, the universe, the galaxies, the planets, the space in essence, the sun and the moon, the stars, the clouds... The fauna and flora, humanity, the the mountains and the seas was brought into existence by the pre-existed God. So it came into being as a result of the spoken word of Christ. The power of Christ. Complemented to Hebrews 4.12 is 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is... God breath and ease. Listen to the four levels of blessing one, useful for teaching. Ephesians four, eleven to fourteen, Titus two verse one. Point two, it is useful for rebuke. Matthew eighteen, fifteen, Galatians six verse one. Point three, it is useful for correction. James chapter five nineteen and twenty. Level 4, useful for training in righteousness, First Peter 1, 15 and 16. Now I want you to know that holiness we cannot pray for. Holiness is what we pray for. Christ died to make us holy, to redeem us, to bring us back into fellowship, to bring us back to the Garden of Eden where there was a synergy, where there was fellowship between creation and creator, between God and man. So the intention of the gospel, the coming of Jesus, is to redeem man back to the Garden of Eden into fellowship with the pre-existed God. What is majestic of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, for the word of God is. And 2 Timothy 3.16, there's a confluence it, it represents 2 Peter 1 verse 21. Now this is the, the, the dignity of the gospel, the essence of God's word. For no prophecy was ever produced. It, is, it does not come from the mind of corruptible man, but incorruptible God. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But man... Changed man, holy, inspired man. Speak for God as they were inspired by God the Holy Spirit. What our nation needs is not better politicians, not better political programs. We need again God the Holy Spirit to purify the conditions and the heart and the intentions of man. We need a greater God to redeem fallen man. Whether we are savvy technologically, whether we we are inventors, whether we have the best of cell phones, it cannot redefine, it cannot make the heart better. We need the gospel of Jesus, the redeemer of your soul and that of mine. Listen again, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates, it divides your soul, the spirit, the joints in the marrow, it knows the thoughts and the attitudes of a heart. Second Timothy 16. All scripture is god breath, it means it is it is the seal of God's approval. And it's beneficial where we apply the gospel of Jesus to our life. One, it is useful for teaching, two, it is useful for rebuke. Three, it is useful for correction. And four, it is useful for training in righteousness. We need, I demand, righteousness today. God can give us righteousness today by the power and the presence of God the Holy Spirit. He's available on your call. Whosoever calls upon the name of Jesus will not be denied, but we will be redeemed. For no prophecy, the gospel cannot be altered. The gospel cannot be changed because the gospel, the will of God, does not come from the mind of man nor the heart of man. It comes from the mind of Christ. It display, it is the category of the character of Christ on display. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But man spoke from God as they were inspired by God's the We need the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, not just to protect us, but to redeem us, to protect us against the seen and the unseen enemy. Evil everywhere globally is intentional to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I did not come to kill, I've come to give life and to set the captives free. I want to say greetings in the name of the global God, Jesus Christ. The only saviour, the only redeemer, the only protector, the only rescuer, the only defender, is none other but the universal saviour, the global God, Jesus Christ. Today we continue with our study Ancient principles from the Bible for today's people and for today's problems. Why I say ancient principle? Because it, is, it has been spoken of God at the, before the beginning of man. It is ageless, timeless, and ceaseless. We have to go back to the ancient ways of God to be redeemed in the fallen world. We live in dangerous times, we live in evil times, and the gospel of Jesus is though is our armies our protector. Put on the full armor of God. The gospel is truth, and truth will expose lies, truth will reveal half-truths, and that which is no truth at all. I call your attention today to our continual studying of God's word for stability in sinking sand. We live in sinking sand times. But Jesus Christ and the gospel that he left behind has the power to solidify any and every sinking sand around us. And what happens? God the Holy Spirit has the audacity, has the power, has the power. Has the Potential to solidify and call us to walk on solid ground. Remember Moses and over 2 million of Jews, husbands, wives and children. God had the power. God the Holy Spirit opened a majestic sea and the nation walked on dry ground. We said last week that Jesus equally walks on water and he walks on land. So he is, he is majestic. He's an amazing God. He, is the, he came not to condemn but to redeem. So let us continue the investigation of the 42nd word in Psalm 21 verse 4. I'm going to do an exposition on the 42nd position of the word. Let us do a review for reflection. Point one. Psalm 21 represents the believer's choice for Christ. In the midst where the world woos uh, for your focus, your attention. To paralyze you mentally, spiritually. The gospel of Jesus, as per Psalm 21 verse 1, represents the believer's choice for Christ. Christ is more better than our world point two psalm 21 verse 2 represents the believers confession of christ he is the creator of the world point three psalm 21 verse 3 represents the believers conviction of christ he will not suffer thy foot to be moved it means god will not allow us to die prematurely god will not allow the the government's evil spirits to kill us before we cease to exist. Believes in Jesus, we will not be killed, we will be preserved, we will be protected, and when we die, we will be ushered in into the eternalities. Because Jesus says, even though you die, yet shall you love. Point four. Psalm 21 verse 4 represents contemplation of Christ. In the midst of chaos, focus on Christ. In the midst of anxiety, stress, fear, panic, disease, whatever destabilizes, focus on the person of Jesus Christ and even the wind and the waves obey him. Listen to the words of his apostles, their disciples. While Jesus... Calm the raging storm the raging ocean he says peace abyssal and what happened instantaneously he hasn't spoken and it com- there was full compliance by the wind and the waves and the disciples remarked what for a man is thus that even the wind and the waves obey him represented wind and Represents the unseen forces of darkness. Water, the seen, the tangible things. So, so Jesus is both God over the seen and the unseen. So with Jesus in my boat, the Sunday school quarter says, with Jesus in my boat, we will smile at the storm. So, Psalm 21 verse 4 represents contemplation on Christ. Regardless of the crisis, regardless of the situation or the circumstances, don't look on your trouble, focus on the person of Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dumb in the land of the glory and grace. Christ has the audacity. Christ is the person that consolidate sinking sand and bring about a solid foundation. Remember, He is the chief cornerstone, the stone the builders has rejected has become the cornerstone. So Jesus Christ is the chief foundation, the cornerstone for our salvation. Let us, let us do an exposition on the word behold. Point five, the word behold. Point A, the word behold is the 42nd word in Psalm 21. Point B, we allocate the word behold as the first word in Psalm 21 verse 4. Point C, in Hebrew, the word behold stands to mean the following. Point A, behold is called Haneni in Hebrew. Point B, the word Haneni can be translated. Now this is majestic. God says to you and me, regardless of the conditions of the world, regardless of the fear, the anxiety, the stress, whatever happens. He says, the word Haneni means, here I am. As if God says, I am here. You call on me and I will come and give you peace amidst a storm. Point C, and any means the following. One, it express total readiness to give oneself. God is at this moment available to listen, to give Himself. He doesn't give you angels, He doesn't give you things, He gives Him, He gives Himself to you. He says to Abram, Abram, I am thy sealed. And I exceedingly great reward. Point two, the word in any means it's an offer of a total availability. So he's he's ready to give himself, Mark chapter 10, 51 and 52. It's an offer of total availability, just for five. 13 and 15, remember the word availability means that God is local and global at the same time. God is everywhere present. God knows everything. God knows every mind. So He is ready to give Himself. He is the He is the status quo of total availability thirdly, it represents a total readiness to serve. Now listen to this. Jesus says, I did not come to be served. I don't want to be treated special, but I'm coming to treat you, humanity, special because I am your creator. I've come not to condemn, but to redeem. I've come to set the captivity free from bondage from the ancient prisons of our circumstances of our worries of our anxieties he comes to give you peace amidst the storm what is the scriptural foundations for contemplation point 1 Isaiah 58:89 listen to this word with the universal god the global savior the messiah Jesus Christ states very clearly for you and for me. Then you will call. My responsibility as man, your responsibility as man. You will call. And I deny the Lord our God will answer. When you call upon the name of Jesus, then God has no other alternative but to respond. He will answer your call. Listen to this. You will cry and... And the universal Christ will say, yeah, I am. So our responsibility in the operation salvation is we call not on the president, not on the pope, not on politicians. We call upon the universal personality, Jesus Christ, who is God himself. He will say, when you call, I will answer. And when you cry to me, don't cry to family. Don't cry to friends. Cry to Jesus. Somebody says, don't go to the phone. Go to the throne. Because the universal God listens to your prayer. He says, I am here. Here I am. You call on me, I am available. I'm available and I'm ready to serve. Point to Isaiah 43, 19. Listen to this. This is what God says. "Here Here I am doing a new thing. When we call upon the name of Jesus, God will answer. God will respond. And what happens? He says, I am here. And what it means? He's here to do a new thing. Point three, Jeremiah 33 verse three. Again, the word comes, the word call comes out. He says, call unto me. Call not on presidents. Call not on family. Call not on on people. Call not on businessmen. Don't call on the pastor. Don't call on the bishop. Call upon the name of Jesus. He is the local and global God at the same time. Jeremiah 33 says, Call unto me and I will answer you. When we call, Jesus must respond. It is indicative of the universal God because he's the listening ear in the universe. He will respond when we call on No one else but the name of Jesus. is the mediator between God and man, and man and God. Jesus Christ. Point four, Romans 10, 13. Listen to this revolutionary statement by the Apostle Paul. He says, whosoever, regardless where you come from, regardless of what you're going through, irrespective of your condition, irrespective of your financial status, irrespective your societal status, regardless of whether you're black or white. Whatever your ethnicity is, God doesn't care, but He says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be redeemed, shall be saved, shall be rescued. So this gospel of Jesus is a gospel for every man, for every woman. We call on Jesus and God will respond to us. While suffering of blood cancer. In the hospital. In 2019. All I did. I contemplated. On the personality that says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie. In green pastures. Listen to verse 4. Psalm 23 verse 4. Even though I go through the valley. Of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. I experienced that. In the midst of of my blood cancer, God's presence made me fearless because my focus was not on my blood cancer but on the person who is greater than death, greater than the grave, and greater than disease. I am fully cured of blood cancer, not by might, not by power, but by God the Holy Spirit. You call on Jesus today, regardless of what you are what you are belly aching What you are complaining about What you are stressing about What you worry about What you are anxious about Listen to this 1 Peter 5 or 7 Cast all your anxieties on Jesus Because he cares for you He cared for me so much That redeemed me from blood cancer He paid my medical cost 1.7 million rand If he can do the impossible, what can God still do? Point five. What is the nanny in application? Throughout scripture, we see that God calls man. Point A. Henny and nanny in application. Point A. Genesis 3, 9 and 10. God calls Adam. So God is in the business of calling his creation. Point B. Genesis 22 verse 11, the Bible reveals that God calls Abraham. Point C, Exodus 3 verse 4, we see that God calls Moses. That's why God calls the burning booths to seek the attention of Moses. Point D. 1 Samuel 3 verse 4, the Bible says that God calls Samuel. Now what is majestic of the word behold? It means God says, okay, I call on Adam, I call on Abram, I call on Moses, I call Samuel, but now you Samuel, you Adam, you Moses, you can call on me. As I desire humanity respond, God will respond when humanity calls because we are the only, we are, Jesus Christ is the only essence of salvation no one else not even Christianity as a religion is the agency of salvation Christ Jesus is not religion so that was an overview of what we did last week now that we know that behold means contemplation of Christ listen to this Today I call your attention to the word Behold. Not just in what it means, but I'm going to ask you to follow me because I want to do an exposition on its 42nd position. Question. What's so special of the word Behold as the 42nd word in Psalm 21? God the Holy Spirit has positioned this word In its 42nd position because God the Holy Spirit wished to say something for you and for me. Before we do an exposition on the 42nd position of the word behold. Listen to this one. The word calls for mental focus on the personality of Christ. Again I say the word behold calls for mental concentration On the universal personality, the universal God, the global Messiah, Jesus Christ. Point two. What is majestic of the word behold, the unseen God appeared in human form in various ways and many times throughout human civilizations. Let us run into the... Investigation of the 42nd position of the word behold. Point A. The Hebrew construction of the value 42. Point 1. The word behold is the 42nd word in Psalm 21. Point 2. The number 42 is constructed by joining two Hebrew alphabet letters, the mem and the letter bet, into one. Point 3, the letter mem equals the value of 40 and the letter bet equals the value of 2. Together, they equals the value of 42. Point 4, 42 express in Hebrew as the membet. It means they bring two values together. The membet means 42. Point five, the significance of 40, or the word, the word mem. What is significance? Because remember the number 42 is constructed of 40 plus 2. Point A, the number 40 in the Torah, or the five books of Genesis, represents a transition from one level to the next level, from ground floor to top floor. From earth to heaven. So God calls us in this word behold. He wants us not to look downwards but to look upwards. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills whence cometh my help. Salvation is not downstairs it is upstairs. So look up. Don't be pulled down by situation. Don't be pulled down and paralyzed by your circumstances. Look up. Your salvation is nigh. It is here. Point B. The number 40, for example, we get a new mission at 40. There's a transition when persons turn 40 in a the world. There's a change in agenda. Change in mental status. Point C. The value of 40 is composed of 4 times 10. Point 1. The number 4 times 10 equals 40. When we multiply 4 times 10, it equals the value of 40. So a complete category of being has 40 aspects. Something happens when we turn 40 something happens when we when we do a fasting of 40 days it's a transition from the earth to heaven point two 40 represents the completion of a whole mode or way of life and when we passes the number 40 One leaves that mode of life behind and enters into an elevated state. So the word behold calls us for a, we have to raise our mental concentration. We have to raise our consciousness away from the earth that pulls you up, pulls you down. Let's look up to Jesus. That calls you to the mountain. Moses was four times forty. On the mountain. And we know when he encountered God on the mountain. He was never the same again. Point three: One gets an entirely new mission in life. When we turn 40. So. so the number 40 in this word behold. It means God calls you. To intentionally. And deliberately seek Christ. Call upon the name of Jesus. And God will take you. Upstairs while the world wants to pull you downstairs. Point four. The word for Jesus hints to a completion of a messianic mission. That results in a man who has been born again. So God calls us to a daily rebirth we need to be born again daily we need to confess our sins daily we need to be purified by God the Holy Spirit on a moment by moment daily basis monthly basis yearly basis but it happens every day of our life we are called to holiness and God the Holy Spirit has the power to purify the content of our soul point six what is the significance of The number two, because remember, 42 is constructed by 40 plus two. So, now let us look if 40 means transition, a change of, a change from to a change unto. Let us look at the number two, the letter bet. Point A, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the letter bet and mirrors the symbolism of the number two. Point B, The number two is called the the letter bet. B-A-T. Point C. The letter bet is the picture of a house with an open door. In the midst of your crisis, in the midst of your problem, God will open a door for you to escape. Point D. The letter bet is the first letter in the book of Exodus. It means God opens a door where there is no door. God opens a way of escape. Remember, in the times of the disciples, God had the power to shake and rock the prisons to set His disciples free. So, when God moves, mountains are shaken, and prison doors are open. Remember when the nation walked around Jericho, that great fortified city. On the seventh day they walked seven times and God, the Holy Spirit, brought the wall stumbling down. God does the battle and we are the recipients of the victory that Christ has brought for us. For indeed, the book of Genesis, like the number two, Stands for the beginning of a man's journey. God calls us back into the garden of Eden. Point F. The number one implies that there exists but one single reality. God. The number two represents separation and divisions. Sin came to split us. Sin came to separate us. And so where man and God was one. Now there are two entities. God and man. Man and God. Point E, the value of two symbolizes our world. Since everything earthly is embedded in plurality, meaning all that was created for man, use, came in pairs. Listen to this. Meaning that all that was created for man comes in pairs. One. One. The Torah consists of the written and the oral word, the five books of the Bible. Point two, the Ten Commandments has five positive and five negative laws. The precepts between man and God and between man and his neighbor. Point three, the mediators between God and Israel was Moses and Aaron. Our world consists of heaven and earth. Point five, the sky consists of the sun and the moon. Point six, the human race consists only of male and female. Point seven, the human art consists of good inclinations and bad inclinations. So the the number two represents God opens a door for man to come back to God. And Jesus came into the world, not to condemn, but to redeem. Let us look at point B, from Egypt to the promised land. Now this is majestic. The number 42 is coming triumphantly through. You're You're going to be moved to exclamation, excitement, as I share with you the word of God. Point one, amazingly, the book of Numbers chapter 33 gives details of 42 stages or camping places in the wilderness that the nation of Israel occupied. Point two, in the book of Exodus, listen to this, this is important, God takes the nation of Israel out of Egypt. But in the book of Leviticus, God is now going to do something. God is now going to take Egypt out of his people. Again, I say in Exodus, God takes his people out of Egypt. But in the book of Leviticus, God takes Egypt out of his people. So the word behold basically is that God calls us away from the traps of this world to focus on the person of Christ. And the more we focus, the more we stare, the more we look, the more we concentrate, the more we erase our minds to Jesus, what happens? The condition of our souls will change. God is in the business of changing souls. Point 3. The 42 stages from Egypt to the Promised Land is constructed of 3 sets of 14 verses. And we know that the number 14 represents the salvation of God. The Redeemer came in the 42nd generation. So from Rameses, from Egypt to the Promised Land, was 42 locations, 42 journey levels, 42 steps. Point four. The Bible says that Israel was in the desert 40 years, and stopped or camped at 42 locations throughout their journey. What is the significance of the number 42? Point five, let's look at the principle of 42. Listen to this. God initiated the escape from bondage. God directed the journey every step of the way. When we call upon the name of Jesus, we've got to abandon to walk alone, we've got to walk with Jesus, it is now Jesus and me, point A, now each location represents a new path to holiness, a new chapter, a new transition, more light are given to me by God the Holy Spirit. So for 40, there were 42 locations and each step in the 42, God is bringing them to be born again, to to be ready for heaven. Amazing, each stop during the journey corresponds to the letter from God's 42nd name, meaning God encounters the nation and the nation encounters God each step of the way, God does not abandon you along the way. God takes you from the start to finish. God knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Point C. According to the ancient rabbis, the name of God as "I am that I am" represents the number forty-two. In Exodus three, God encounters Moses and reveals Himself. As the pre-existed one, at the burning bush, Moses encountered God face to face. As a result, Moses, his face was transformed, due to the transformation of his heart. So the word "behold" means God calls for a transition. God calls for the change of your the human consciousness of the content of our soul. We've got to look up to Jesus. We've got to desire to be redeemed by God the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Let's close our meditation with point C. I call it The Soul More Valuable Than Silver. Point 1. The number 42 is associated with the process of spiritual elevation. Point one, we move from physical to spiritual. We lift our eyes from earth to heaven. Point three, the number 42 referred to spiritual instruction regarding Colossians 3 verse 1. God calls you in Colossians 3 verse 2, listen to this. Set your minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. We know COVID-19 was created on the earth. But our protection, our redemption comes from heaven. Because Jesus ascended the earth for heaven. So our redemption is above, not below. Colossians 3 verse 2 again. Set your minds on the things above, not on the earthly things. Point four. The number 42 calls for the re-evaluation of our priorities regarding the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. Point A. Jesus says in Mark 8.38, Mark 8.36, For what has it profit a man to gain the world, yet loses his soul? I paraphrase it. What is it profit a man to gain all the silver in the world? Yet he forfeit the greatest asset, the greatest gift given to man, the soul of man. Your soul is more valuable than your position. Your soul is more valuable than your possession. Your soul is more valuable than your... State this in life. Call upon the name of Jesus and God will redeem you. Point B, Psalm 21 verse 1. Places the believer's preference. We have a preference while we journey in this life. Listen to Psalm 21 verse 1. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. That calls for dependency on Christ, not on Politicians, not on the prime minister, not on the president, not on my surroundings, not on wealthy people. I will lift up mine eyes. Why unto heaven? Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Heels means the stability that God will give when we focus on Jesus. From whence cometh my help? The word help represents the name of God. Jehovah is the Lord, my helper. Point C, Matthew 6, 19 and 21. Calls for immediate consideration by the believing Christ not to treasure up worldly things as a measure of spirituality. You cannot compare the things that we work for with the condition of our soul. You may have more value Valuables, but means your soul is vac- vacant, it's a vacuum. You are empty in spirit, but you are loaded with money and with position. But this is the consideration. but rather store up the renovation of soul. Concentration on Christ more than the cares for worldly recognition. What does Matthew 6, 19 and 21 states? Let me read. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys. Elements of destruction is moth and rust and where thieves break in and steal. But listen to the preference that God gives us. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth No rust, no thieves can destroy and steal your property. In heaven, no moth, no rust, no thieves can rob you of your soul. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What is the application of the word behold for 2024? Point one. Christ initiated... The covenant of grace, therefore focus on Christ every step of the way. Point two, Christ underwrites his initiated covenant, therefore trust the Lord, he is the way. Point three, Christ is called the benefactor from heaven. And mankind, you and I, we are the recipients in the contract called grace. So therefore, do not be wise in your own eyes. Relinquish the things of the world. Concentrate on Jesus. Point four: Christ is perfect, and His plan is perfect. So the plan of grace is meant for imperfect man, because God can make man perfect. Point five: Christ initiates and executes operating Grace. From start to finish. So all we need to do is focus on Jesus. Point six. The covenant. This covenant that God gives us. Is not dependent on the condition of man. But on the character of Christ. Regardless of what you're facing. Regardless of what you're going through. Call upon the name of Jesus. And God will see you through. I call on you to contemplate on Christ. Do not seek worldly fame and fortune. It's a waste of time and of soul energy. Call on Jesus. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk. The soul is more valuable than silver. The peace of the Lord. Amen.